0: Hey guys, it is Rebecca Price. I hope you guys have had a great week. Uh, how everything um, that everything has been going great for you guys. It's been a while since I've done a podcast, and I'm glad uh, because it's 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 taken me some time to get in um, to make sure I'm in the right mindset and things like that. Um, I'm going to be very transparent with you guys today about something that God has taught me, and I think sometimes the best lessons come out of things that God teaches me. Areas where I have, I've had to grow and I've had to learn something, you know? Um, and I mean, I can't teach you about something that God hasn't, hasn't taught me any first anyway. And this is one of those where, um, the Lord has really taught me something and it, and it's kind of a hard lesson, but it's one of these things where I say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for teaching me this. Thank you, Lord, for showing me this. Thank you, Lord. So I don't know about you guys, but it's been uh, pretty crazy in the, in, in the world today, there's been a lot going on, there's a lot, um, a lot going on, I believe it's in Matthew 24 that talks about, um, wars and rumors of wars, um, and it's, it's in the signs of the end of the age, and, um, let's see, uh, it says, um, in verse 6, it says, And you will hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not alarmed, for this must take place. But the end is not yet. For a nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of the birth pains. So, <coughs> some people are saying it's the end of the world. It's this, it's that. Um, I kind of believe that, it, that it's a Matthew 24 thing where it's the wars and rumors of wars right now. There's been a lot. A lot happening um, from Israel getting attacked to things that are going on in the U.S. where there is a concern for war, um, you know, possibly with other nations. And there's just a lot going on. And what's interesting is, you know, th- that hasn't really happened in my time. Uh, this is the first time that I've actually been very concerned about the possibility of war in, you know, in our lives. And, uh, for many reasons, um, one, I, my, my husband's younger than I am. He's a lot younger. We have a big age gap and, uh, and I know they've been trying to reinstate the draft. And so if they did reinstate the draft, he would be going off to war and that would be very hard. Um, but just lots of different things, you know, you, 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 you think about all, all kind of things go through your mind during it, during a time like this where, you know, am I going to have to defend myself on my own soil, uh, things like that. Just the, the not being able to, you know, to trust your government, even though, you know, the Bible says, don't put your trust in man, but, but being under an evil regime and, and it's, oh, there's a lot. It's been a lot and it's been a lot to process. And there's been some things that I have not processed the right way. It's been things where I've not reacted the right way. You know, um, I was listening to a sermon on Sunday, And uh, Curry was telling us, um, Curry Blake was saying, you know, our job on the earth is to uh, heal the sick, cast out demons, make disciples. That's our job. And, you know, teach people the truth. That is our job. That's what we're supposed to do. And regardless of what's going on, that doesn't stop. That that mission doesn't. Take time off or doesn't stop. That is our mission. That is why we are here. That is why believers are here on the earth. That is what we're here to fulfill. So regardless of what's going on and what's happening, that needs to be our mission and our focus. And it's very easy to get distracted on things. And one thing that he said that really, really woke me up is he said, fear is not a characteristic of the Lord. And God says in his word, he does not give us the spirit of fear. And to be honest, um, I struggled with that, especially um, especially when Israel got attacked and and things like that. And it's been hard. Um, it's been hard not to get in that mode. And, and it's a fine line for me because I'm someone that believes in wisdom. I believe in wisdom and discernment. And I, I don't believe in in living in denial of things that are going on. Um, I don't believe in sitting back and, oh, nothing's going to happen. Nothing. I believe in being vigilant, being aware and saying, well, okay, this is a very real possibility and, and seeking the Lord on what we need to do, you know, God, what do you want us to do to prepare for this? What do we need to do? Is there anything that we need to do to prepare for this? Um, but, you know, and there's a fine line between that, you know, but, and, and like not being, not going into panic mode where you're like, oh, you know, oh my gosh, you know, and we, we're not called to live like that. Believers are not called to go into panic mode. We're not called to go into fear mode. We're not called to go into, into anything like that. And because I'm, i'm more of a fighter in a sense um whenever i'm in situations like this where it feels like you're in hot water my fight my fight mode wants to go on and all of a sudden i'm just looking i'm 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 just i'm like what do we need to do 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 to prepare and that's my mindset on things and um and it's hard it's hard because the the lord really slowed me down and is like listen and you need to, you need to slow down. And here's what, here's where all this happened, where this podcast lesson today is coming from. So, I, I think Israel had just been attacked or they were talking about, there were talks of possibly, um, there were talks of possibly, uh, war with Russia and all this stuff that they're talking about. And. I sat down and I was in a, in a place of, you know, I was considering the possibility of like my husband might go off to war. Like, I don't know what's going to go on. Are we going to go to war? Is this world war three and all this stuff? And I remember sitting down going, God, what do we do? God, what do we do? What do we do? I don't know what to do. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to do. And the Lord said something to me. He said, I'll be with you. I'm with you. He said, is it not enough that I'm with you? And all of this that I'm going with you and I let me tell you I got angry, I got angry. I was angry at that response and I was angry at God and I was like, "What do you mean? Like that's it? Like that's what you're that's what you're telling me right now is that you're going to be with me? That's all. That's the only answer that I get." And I was very angry. I I, I left that. I mean, I just I was angry and I, I I'm like I wanted more. I wanted more than that. I wanted like God can you give me anything else and I kind of stewed over that for a while and um and then I saw something I don't know if it was a post on Facebook I believe it was a post on Facebook or something like that that where it talked about God being with us and it talked about the intimacy of God and that God wants us to know that he is enough right and then my mind immediately went back to Moses and we talked about this before and Moses, um, there's a section where, you know, so Moses is, is, uh, he sees the burning bush, right? This is before he went to Egypt. He sees the burning bush and goes to see what it is, like turns aside to look at it. And God speaks to him and God calls Moses. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but he tells Moses, he's like, look, I've heard the cries of my people in Egypt. I'm sending you to go deliver the people out of Egypt. I'm sending you to go before Pharaoh and he tells Moses all of this and he keeps emphasizing, I will be with you. I will be with your words. I will be with you. And the whole time, you know, and Moses keeps offering these excuses up. But God, what do I say? But God, what will I do? But God, what if Pharaoh says this? And what if he, he just keeps offering this, but, 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 you know, these, these answers. And God keeps saying, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. And, and, At the end, towards the end of the conversation, God got angry with Moses because Moses said, he said, um, uh, oh my Lord, please send someone else. Please send someone else. That's what Moses said after everything that God had told him that he would do for them, that signs and wonders would come, you know, (coughs) and if you think about it, Pharaoh to me in the Bible, is one of those leaders that, that is the epitome of fear and oppression. Um, you know, the whole reason, and it was a different Pharaoh than this one that that they're talking about that ended up that Moses ended up appearing before, but the Pharaoh before that was the Pharaoh that didn't know Joseph. And the whole reason that they enslaved the Israelite people was because they were seeing them multiply and they were afraid. It was a decision made out of fear. So they decided to oppress the people, but then the people just grew more and more and more and kept growing. And they kept thinking that they were, that, that the Israelites are going to turn on us. We got to enslave them. We got to do, and, and, and be harsh with them. And, and, and so then Pharaoh tried to, um, tried to kill the, the male Hebrew children. Uh, but that didn't work because Moses survived. It was raised in, in his own house, the, the deliverer. I think that's hilarious. Um, and things, and, and, and so you see these things take place out of fear. And so then there's this other Pharaoh that Moses is going to appear to that is enslaving. He's very harsh with Israel, enslaving the people, uh, oppressing the people. And you see his attitude because when Moses goes and tells them, you know, uh, God says, let my people go, you see that Pharaoh responds very arrogantly. And oh, yeah, well, watch this. You think I, I don't know your God and I'm not letting your people go, and you see Pharaoh, you see his whole, he just, just—he—he is a prideful man, he is, um, he's unrepentant, uh, and I believe he, he operates again in, in, in fear, um, it's, it's a fear, you know, nothing but fear tactics and stuff like that, and so, um, so in a sense, Pharaoh, is a fearful, he's, he's a fearful, a leader. It's, it's almost like God was calling Moses to war, which is very interesting. I was thinking about this before I did this. God was almost sending Moses to fight a battle. Um, You know, but God is saying, it's already won. This is what you have to do. You just have to go and do these things, but I will be with you. And it's going to be my power and my words that are coming through you. My, I will be with you. I will teach you what to say. I will do. Notice God says that. God doesn't just say, there you go, Moses, figure it out. God tells him, I'm going to be with you. You just have to be obedient and go. You just have to be willing to be obedient and go and do this. So, um that's where what what I I went back to. And that had to be scary for Moses thinking like, okay, so I'm the deliverer. Huh? And God sending me back to stand before Pharaoh and declare freedom for these people, these and I don't even know how many how many Israelites there were. I don't I don't even want to guess. Um, I'm sure it says in the Bible how many there were, but I mean, thousands upon thousands upon thousands. I mean, it was insane number. Um, And he's got to lead these people. And I'm sure Moses is sitting there in his mind going, how is this going to happen? How is this going to happen? But God keeps emphasizing, I will be with you. I will be with you. And I realized that God wants us to get to a point in our relationship with him that when we when he says and reminds us I will be with you that we're like okay that's enough that is enough and i believe i talked about this and talked on this a couple podcasts back but it brought all of this back to my mind because of my own thoughts my own emotions and feelings and things that have been going on lately and it is offensive to God. I mean, I'm just gonna say that it's offensive to God whenever God says, "I will be with you," and we're like, "And what else?" And it's very hard for us, I think, as as humans, sometimes because we want, we you know, God did give Moses a plan. He did say, "So here's the plan. This is what's gonna happen." But that doesn't always happen necessarily. Like I look at Abraham. Um, He just told Abraham to leave. He didn't give him a blueprint. He didn't give him all these details. He just told him to leave. And Abraham in faith had to say, well, God told me to go. That's good enough for me. Boom. And he leaves. And so he doesn't always give us every detail. And as humans, we we want that. We want to know. We want to be able to see what's coming. We want to be able to see what's coming next, especially in times of when you're in times like this where there's stressful situations, there are unknowns, you don't know what's going to happen. Um, And I do believe having wisdom and discernment is extremely important. Um, We are far past the time, which you never really could trust what was on TV, but it's far past the time if you trust in your news stations and stuff. Y'all got to get over that. I mean, I, I don't watch mainstream media at all. I have some independent news sources that I will follow sometimes. Like I listen to Charlie Kirk. Sometimes I'll listen to Alex Jones and stuff. Um, but very few, I don't, there's not a lot of sources that I trust out there to give the truth and accurate information. And even the ones that I do follow at the end of the day, that can't be my ultimate source, which is another thing that God told me that my ultimate source of information has to come from the word and from his spirit first. That that's that the other things need to be secondary. And during times like this, where you're talking about war and all this stuff, the possibilities, and there's politically everything's politically charged and just going flipping nuts, like it seems like it is. Um, you know, especially during this time, you're gonna have to shut that off. Uh I and the Lord had to tell me that shut it off. Like stop because I I was watching it a lot. I mean, all the like all day, and he's shut it off that's not your main source of information shut it off so i have and i'm telling you my life's been a lot more peaceful since then um and i'll listen to it sometimes but that's again that's not my my main source of information it has to be the word in god's spirit so um anyway i'm going to backtrack to what i was saying before because i kind of got off on a, on a little bit of a tangent with that um but going back to to moses you know over and over, God said, I will be with you. Because Moses kept saying, and God gave him signs. You know, he, he, um, it's, I think one of the funniest parts in this that is just hilarious is, um, Moses is, is once again offering the but God. But, well, but what about this? And he says, Moses answered, But behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, The Lord did not appear to you. The Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? And he said, A staff. And he said, Throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent, and Moses ran from it. I love that verse. I think that's so funny. It's That's what a human verse. (laughs) He threw it on the ground, and here comes this snake, and Moses is like, (laughs) what? Takes off running. I'm like, I like Moses. Moses is hilarious. But the Lord said to Moses, "Uh, put out your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand and caught it, and it became a staff in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. That was just one of the many signs that Moses asked, that, that God in his graciousness showed Moses. Because Moses is like, how is all this going to happen? Because you're telling me to go back and ask for the, and, and command Pharaoh to let these people go. And Pharaoh, knowing how prideful Pharaoh is, Pharaoh is not going to just do that, you know. So God was showing, this is an example of the power that you that you're going to have because I'm going to operate through you. And, uh, and over and over again, you know, Pharaoh, but this, but that, but this, but that. And then finally in the end, when Moses is like, just please send someone else. God, it said that the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. He was angry because God's like, it's not enough for you. It's not enough for you that I in my power am going to be with you. And that is, and it's, it strikes such a chord with me today. And, and it was such a almost like butt whooping, you know, that I got in a reality check for me is that I have to have the same attitude. I have to have the attitude that that is enough for me, that in the middle of everything that's going on right now, in the middle of all the stuff that's going on and everything that's going on, I have got to have this attitude and understanding that God will be with me that God is going to be with me through through whatever it is that we're going through. If we have to go through a time of war, if we have to go through things, that God will be with me. And God emphasizes this throughout the Bible in, in different stories about his, about his, you know, his presence and stuff. And when I say his presence, a lot of times our mind immediately goes to a church service and we're just seeking his presence. And his presence is with you all the time because God sent his Holy Spirit to live inside of you. And you just, you have to believe that, that God is with you all the time. You don't have to go into church and, and, and I hate to even use this term, but conjure up the presence of the Lord. You you don't, you don't, that's not how that works, you know, but that's how church teaches us is, oh, we got to be in the house of the Lord. And if we're not in the house of the Lord, we're going to miss the spirit of God. No, you have the spirit of God. Stop listening to that. Stop, keep asking, quit asking God to rain the spirit down from heaven. He's already given it to you as a believer. He's already given it to you. That All that conversation is Old Testament, Old Covenant. Get out of that. All right? They didn't have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, so the Holy Spirit had to come down. He had to come down um, and operate in them in moments and spurts and, and for seasons and stuff. Now, we're in the New Covenant where when you accept Christ, he you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He's not going anywhere. Okay? <clears throat> so, you you need to operate like that and live like that and it also made me think about in uh Matthew 28 when he gives the great commission uh to his uh disciples. And it says and Jesus uh came and said to them, "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, to the end of the age. Now, let me ask you something. Let's be real and let's be honest here. Why do you think that Jesus would say that at the very end? Why didn't He just stop at um, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you? Boom. Why would He? Why would He not stop there? Because, first of all, I believe that God wants us to un- wants us to know and appreciate His nearness to us. That God wants us. To know he has a desire to be with us, to go with us wherever we we go. And he wants us to know I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. And there are times where God has told me that in my life or on a daily basis, where I love you and I'm with you. And sometimes you, I take that for granted um, because it it kind of just it, it, it kind of goes in one ear and out the other some days when I really need to understand what God is trying to do. God is affirming them and he's saying, listen, you're not, You're. not. I'm not sending you out to do this alone. I am with you in all of this. And I'm going to be with you. Surely I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. I am with you. And to, you're like, well, you repeat that over and over again. What's the big deal with that? The big deal with that is we have to maintain and understand our view of who God is. God is not one of the many gods out there that are floating around, you know, or that people deem to worship. God is not a statue. He's not Buddha. He's not something that we created in our, in our house or in our garage or he's not a pile of stones that we worship. God is God. He is great. He is powerful. He, there, is, there are no limits. Okay? He is all-powerful. He's not just, oh, he's he's all-powerful. He is mighty. He is holy. He is, oh, he is incredible. He is the creator of the universe. And the problem that we have, and I say we, which is me, is we don't dwell on that enough. Because if we dwell on who God is, who it is we actually worship, if we take time, and this is why God says, be still and know that I am God. Because if we don't know that he's God every single day when we go out there, then we're going to let other things try to convince us that they're God. We're going to let the enemy try to convince them that they're stronger than us. We're going to let sickness and disease and stuff and 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 evil spirits and principalities try to convince us that they're great and they're powerful and that they can stomp us and that we're done and that we're worthless and all this stuff. When we lose sight of who God truly is in our lives, that's when defeat slowly rolls in from the enemy. We have to understand that when God says, I am with you, he is not just saying, hey, I'm going to watch you do things he's saying my power is with you my spirit is with you my thoughts are with you my mind my intelligence my wisdom my I, all of my being is in you and with you so when you walk down the street when you go to work when you do these things if you go to war whatever you do i'm with you i'm in you and i'm with you you are not operating alone This is why Jesus made a point to tell them, I'm going to the Father. I can't stay here. My time is limited. I've accomplished what I've accomplished here on the earth for right now. I'm going to my Father, but I'm not going to leave you alone. I am I will send you the Holy Spirit. And he's going to be a comforter to you and a guide to you. And the Holy Spirit empowers us, empowers us to walk and do and fulfill the great commission that God tells us to fulfill that God has called us to fulfill this is what we're called to do it's not just what they're called to do we are disciples of Christ this is what we're called to do and he made Jesus made a point to say i'm not leaving you i may be going to heaven to sit at the right hand of my father But I'm not leaving you. My presence, my power, everything is going to be in you and with you. And we have to understand the importance of that. First of all, to appreciate the fact that we have a God that doesn't leave us alone. How many people on this earth have had people leave you? Raise your hand right now if you've had people walk out on you, leave you, betray you, say, peace, I'm done, I don't want anything to do with you or treat you like trash. How many? Raise your hand my hand is way up. I'm going to put both up to testify to that. And how does that feel? It feels horrible. Some of the, some of the worst experiences in the world and some of the worst emotional trauma that has to be healed by God in the world comes from abandonment, comes from whether it be parents abandoning children or whatever, comes from being left alone, comes from comes from you feeling like you have no one there, that these people that you loved and trusted left. And this is why God emphasizes, you know, my mother and father may forsake me, but I will take you in. God says, but God will take me in. And God talks about, I am your father. You are my children. This is who I am. This is who you are. Because there is not a person on this earth that is ever going to fulfill you, that will ever be there for you. Guess what? Every single person on this earth will die, including yourself. That is a fact. And why in the world would you put your trust in something that is temporary, in someone who is temporary, and then let your world fall apart when they leave you? Why? I've had that happen. I've built my life around people before. I've made that mistake many times in my life. And guess what? It ended in disappointment. It ended in heartbreak. It ended in... in, um, not heartbreak, but it ended in disappointment, and it ended in just in 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 um, emotional just grief and pain. And this is why God says, "Put not your trust in men. They're like flowers. They're here today, they're gone tomorrow. They fade. Put your trust in God. Why? Because I will be with you." Because in everything that you go through, I will be with you. In every situation you face, I will be with you. And it's not I'm just going to be in you and watch you go through it. It's I am with you in it. Which means you have my power. You have my authority. You have my presence. My God, did I need to be reminded of this today? Did I need to be reminded of this? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for this reminder. Thank you. If, if anybody needs to be reminded of this today, I do. I know I do. And so when we see in the Bible, when God says, I will be with you, we have got to put weight on that. That is heavy statement. That is not a light statement. It is because of who God is. The one that created the sun and put it into place. The one that created the earth that makes trees grow, that created the animals, that created the mountains. Look at the mountains in the world. Stand next to a big mountain and tell me that God is not real. Stand next to a big mountain and then look at that mountain and look at how vast and how huge it is and say to yourself, the same God that created this says he is with me and in me and will operate through me. That is who. That is who. It still amazes me that that doctors and nurses and people like that, it amazes me because, you know, a lot of doctors and nurses they believe in God. Not all of them, but a lot of them do because they're like, they look at the systems of the body, how the systems of the body operate, how they f- function. Um, they look at DNA, they look at blood, and they're like, the body's too complex. I, I've said this many times, but it's just so true. The body is too complex for there not to be a God. This this can't happen by accident. This doesn't just happen randomly by accident. And, and here's one thing that's incredible. Uh, someone came to me earlier this week and was telling me a story about their child. Their child's four years old. Four-year-old child. Now, these people are not believers. Um, this is what makes this even more amazing. They're not believers, but this person came to me and said, you would not believe what my four-year-old said the other day. And I was just listening to them, and I was like, what? They wanted to have a conversation about God, and I didn't really know what to say or like I you know, I'm like, this is going to be a long conversation, and my, my dad, I'm going to tell you something that's different from what my husband will tell you, and whatever, and so, you know, this person looked at her son and was like, we'll have this, we need to have this conversation later when we have more time to talk about it, and the little boy who's four years old, parents, not believers, looked at mom and said, God, like, God is incredible, How can some, everything is made of atoms. Everything is made of atoms. God is real. How can, how can you not, if you don't believe that God is real, then you're just dumb. This is a four year old, a four year old, a four year old gets it. A four year old. And we have people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s that refuse to believe in God. A four-year-old, a four-year-old has testified to the greatness of God and his parents are not believers. And even the mom said, I don't know where he heard this from. he, He doesn't watch or read anything as far as I know about that. God, that child recognizes the presence of God, the touch of God. He recognizes the existence of a creator at four. Our view of God has to be huge because it, because it is. It's so hard for us sometimes to operate in a realm of faith because we can't see it, you know. It's like, it's like I can sit here and process and think about a mountain. And I think, oh, man, that mountain's, a mountain's great. It's beautiful. But when I'm standing next to it, it's so different because I can't deny. And yet we, we are required to walk by faith and not by sight. We're required, you know, that's the, that is faith. It's not what we see, it's what we don't see. And so sometimes I think it's hard for us, you know, to really understand the magnificence of God, but yet you walk outside and you look at creation, because the Bible says man's without excuse, just creation itself testifies to God and who God is, that there is a creator. What This is why it's good to be still and know He's God. Take your time, go outside, look at the grass, look at the bugs, look at the animals, look at the sky, look at the clouds. Look at the rain, look at go, look at nature, look at that. Because even though God himself is not standing here in physical form, beside us where we can look and see, his touch, his character is everywhere. And when we stop and we look at these things, and that's one thing that a phone takes away from, phone, technology, TV, takes away from that. So then our, our view of God, you know, and even meditating on God and what the word says about God and, and, and says about, you know, like in Job, when God, ta- when, when God talks about all the things that he does and the things that he, as God does, and it's incredible, you know, <coughs> the more we get distracted by other things, the, the more and more our view of God gets smaller and smaller and smaller, and then it becomes harder and harder to face our enemies. When our enemies are are under our feet, they're defeated. But our view of God becomes small. And then the enemies try to convince us how big they are. And we will buy it. Because we forget the weighted words, I am with you. I will be with you. Surely I am with you always to the end of the age. That phrase needs to be weighted with us to understand that when god says he's with us not only is that intimacy not only is that a promise but it's huge it's huge so i hope this helped you today because this was a huge reminder to me a huge reminder to me like rebecca put your phone down go outside look at like meditate on what the word says about god and who he is and what he does and how powerful he is and 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 it's it's renewing your mind is what it is to the truth it's renewing your mind to the truth every day every day we've got to take time even if it's five minutes to be still and know that he is god so that we can be like david standing before goliath goliath was what was he nine feet tall and i mean it ridiculous and here comes David, a boy, and Goliath is shooting off these things. I'm gonna kill you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do this with your bones and your flesh or whatever. And David looked at him and he's like, Who, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine coming against the the, the God of the armies of Israel? Who is this? A nine foot giant, huge guy, huge, beyond huge. And everybody else was scared, and David wasn't. You know why? Because David knew how big God was. In his mind, he knew. Man, he was able to go and stand before Goliath and be like, Brother, let's read that. That's what I'm going to close on. I'm going to read that. I am going to read that because, man, oh, man, it's incredible. This is 1 Samuel Let's see. First Samuel seventeen, and I'm I just love this. Oh, I love this. Let's see. This is after David had put the put the uh, stones in his um, shepherd's pouch, and he had a sling in his hand. And the Philistine moved forward, this is verse forty one, and came near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth. Ah. Amazing what the youth can do. Ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. In other words, his his nothing demons that he worshipped, his pile of crap. The Philistine said to David, Come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Listen to David's response. Now imagine how big of it. Now to be faced with a giant like Goliath. David's view of God was bigger than what was in front of him. I want you to listen to this response. One of the most, oh, love the authority in this. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. He's a teen. I'm, I'm guessing he's a young teen. <coughs> the uh, Saul's army—they're all terrified, and here comes this kid who had on the armor of God. But again, I mean, even even his even his response, even his response um, when he first heard him. So this is David, he said, And David said to the men who stood by him, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Man, David wasn't playing. He knew. He was like, Who's this? Who's this punk? Who's this punk? thinking he can come in here and talk against God and defy the armies of the living God. That is how big, that is how big God was to him. And it's not that we make God bigger. It's God is big. We just have to see it. God is so much bigger and so much greater and so much mightier than the things we see in front of us. And when we go to face a Goliath, we have to remember that. And just like, you know, if a Goliath is staring us in the face and it's saying, well, I'm going to Feed your flesh to the birds today. You say, no, 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 no. The battle is the Lord's. And today I will cut off your head. You come to me with physical weapons, but I come to you in the name of the Lord that is greater than any weapon. Anything you can throw against me. And today the Lord will deliver you into my hand. That is our response. Why? Because God says and promises in his word, and it is impossible for God to lie. It says so in Hebrews. I am with you. Love you guys. Come at you later with another podcast.